Live from the Talking Joe Studios. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Mark. Talking Joe Weekly Podcast. Talking Joe is there. Talking Joe thought we would last. Talking Joe is there. Find each other like a married couple. A podcast on the air. Talking Joe is there. Talking Joe is the code name for a completely untrained special podcast force. Its purpose, to produce a weekly comic review show and serve as an outlet for Chief's creative talents and unleash them upon the world. Talking Joe. Talking Joe is there. Chief is on his soapbox. Nobody seems to care. Fighting for fandom wherever there's trouble The podcast on the air Talking Joe is there Talking Joe Talking Joe Talking Joe is on the air And here are your hosts Chief and Mark Hey, 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 it's me, Chief D.O.G., live from the Talking Joe Studios, joined by my good buddy, it's you. It's me, Mark, here once again. Yes, once they again. They couldn't keep me away. With the Mark Master. You can't keep him away, like a bad smell. Uh, except you smell better than a bad smell, so I'm told. You're the elevator, I'm the fart. That's right. Boom. How are you, good sir? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Doing well. Yes, uh, yes. Hot off uh, an interview with uh, Robert Atkins yeah. last night. It was good. Really good chat with him. And uh, will that be uh, dropping before this episode drops? Uh, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> Lot of editing. We'll see. You're going to get it though. You're going to get some uh, good oral uh, Robert Atkins straight up in you. Yeah, yeah, that for sure. And and you know we did deep dive into Snake Hunt. Got to be right. careful how I say that. Um, yeah. And I might even drop in some audio uh, into into this, possibly even As where we talk preview, about yeah. specific specific scene. Could do a little, just a drop in a, a little nugget here and there from uh, from the chat. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna come on to talk about Snake Hunt issues or episodes four and five a bit later. But uh, anything else been going on with you this week, or just kind of chilling back back into the work grind? Uh, yeah, sort of chilling back to the to the work. It's it's difficult getting back to work, isn't it? Were we still? Where are we? Yeah, it was the first week back after the Christmas break. It's and just sort of just getting those gears back in motion. Ooh, tricky. Sort of dusting off the old brain. It's. Oh, I'll, uh, tell you, I'll tell you what I've just done. What's that? I thought I'd poured myself a nice lemon tea or a green tea with a twist of lemon, uh, and I've just drunk it and as i was drinking it, i was like this tastes a bit strange i've realized as i finished it that it wasn't a i didn't pull out a, a green tea with lemon twist tea bag i just pulled out a regular breakfast tea bag uh-huh so i've just drunk a i'm not i'm not you know really i don't mind black tea but um it tasted funny so uh, now i know why okay at least it wasn't a glass of piss at least it wasn't a glass of piss that is coming next week. <laughs> no, nothing. No, got no bottles or nothing up in the loft at the moment. So I, I've got no real outlet or avenue. To, <laughs> to, well, there is actually. There's a mug over there. There's a mug. There's an out of timers mug. Maybe I'll piss in that one. And uh, and we've been on a uh, in 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 our household. We've been on a on a Pirates of the Caribbean binge. Unlucky. One. 
through five. I didn't even realise it was five at the beginning of this binge, but um, I think it's fair to say there's diminishing returns across the the franchise. Right. (laughs) But uh, we got through and, uh, yeah, for the most part enjoyed it. yeah, by 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 episode five, I was I was a little bit poop. Had enough. Pooped of it or poop decked? Um, yeah, very good. Um, well, not very good at all. Um, <laughs> I have um, not watched any movies uh, this year, as it is the tenth of January as of today. Zero down, and obviously, out of time, as listeners will be aware of the challenge that me and Ben had to watch two hundred in a calendar year. Mm. He did. 250 I did 198 and just couldn't be bothered for that last day to get to 200 I would not let the chat so I figure by not doing it I won I wouldn't be I wouldn't be conscripted into into watching a couple of movies I didn't want to watch just for the sake of of pursuing that goal but if I can ever get hold of Mr Ben Martin I will we will be doing a year in review and covering the highs and lows of of all that movie watching and um yeah so look out for that but yeah as i said at the moment haven't watched any movies this year and it feels good and let's just um, extrapolate that trend towards the end of the year by the end of the year you would have watched zero. Oh, okay yeah, well uh, the, <laughs> my my target is to do 50 or less 50 or less i like it yeah i'll go a negative target yeah crikey Um, so let's see how that goes what about just watch what you want chief yeah there you go Uh, i have watched a lot of because obviously i still haven't caught up to the mandalorian still don't know the spoiler and mandalorian chat seems to have completely died out now i mean i don't go on social media that much anyway but i think i've managed to avoid the spoilers there to be fair that's amazing think, that you missed the spoilers it's i think great. if i would have if it had been spoiled i would have got it spoiled by now mm. so i think i'm okay i wanted to finish watching clone wars as i, I think i previously mentioned finish watching clone wars now onto rebels i watched 16 episodes of rebels the other day in one day Crikey, uh, hence bin- the known movies. <laughs> bin- binge, binge them. And uh, this is kind of one of the reasons why I hate binge-watching TV. I don't really watch much TV shows anymore anyway, but binge-watching is horrendous. And I, I kind of liked that Mandalorian one a week back to old school mm-hmm. trend yeah you know binging yeah, yeah. not for me but i did i want to get through it because i want to get through the mandalorian so i did watch 16 episodes of rebels finished off season three and now i've got i think there's only 15 episodes possibly in season four and i'm a, um I'm one episode in i think so yeah so far it's not the, the best rebels episodes aren't as good as the best clone wars episodes mm-hmm. but it's more consistent than clone. i think i had a chat with you offline about this it's a bit sure, more consistent yeah. there's more kind of threes and three and a halfs out of fives whereas clone wars has quite a few twos two and a halfs but also has mm-hmm. a lot of four and a half fives so uh good show good show but i don't care as much about the characters as i did about the clone wars characters but there you go but good stuff i, I will be i'll be the the aim is to have caught up on Mandalorian so we can have a Mandalorian chat when we come to the end of the snake hunt arc. So in cool. two weeks' time, my goal is to talk about Mandalorian on this show. Set a goal, yeah. yeah. But I, I know what you mean by like the, the appointment TV. You don't really get an awful lot of that the, these days, really. It's sort of, you know, all on demand or, you know, have a whole series drop uh, in one go. So actually having that sort of Friday appointment friday evening appointment to, to watch the latest episode yeah. was was nice it was a nice nice feeling um yeah. and yeah. Uh, i guess disney plus are going to be doing that a fair amount we've got uh the vision and um scarlet witch series right. dropping quite soon and i imagine they'll probably be doing that again an episode a week i guess 
Okay. Um, so, so yeah. Do you think you'll be checking that one out? Maybe. Maybe. Is it based on? Based on? Is it? I guess it's based on the Tom King book. Is it or not? I believe so. Yeah. I okay. think that's the main inspiration for it. Right. I got that ranked quite highly on my every story ever. I might go back and give that a reread first. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll give it a go. Cool. Do we want to talk about stretching, Chief? And that resolution? Or we... uh, I will be posting a uh, another splits video this <laughs> evening. When this lands, you've already seen it. I'm going to post it Sunday night, so um, you would have already checked me out online to see if I've made any progress or if I've just injured my groin. <laughs> Must watch TV. Um, listen, I want to talk about action figures. Action figures. We all love them. Figures. Oh yeah. They bring us joy in our daily life. Bring us joy. Action figures. Yeah. Evoking memories from our childhood. Childhood. But now we're grown and we just can't stop. Just can't stop. Buying plastic till our wallets pop, 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 pop. When will it end? Who can say? Who can say? Cause action figures are part of our DNA. DNA, DNA. Some people say maybe we've gone a little wacko, but action figures bring us joy like a rainbow. Like a rainbow. They are so hot like a splash of Tabasco. Now it's time for action figure fiasco. Now it's time for action figure fiasco. Action figure fiasco. I'll just uh, note for for the record, Your Honour, that uh, we did take take this to the people, and the people have spoken. Uh, the question posed on the Facebook Facebook group is: Should we play the full jingle or just have a shortened version? And the results came in uh, with 15 votes for play the full jingle versus seven for the shortened version so the people have spoken it is uh, an overwhelming majority we are getting the full jingle for that segment yes which you already have played (laughs) exactly yeah so that is why blame the people just like for everything people now then i was chatting to i was chatting to ben about this offline and he said we missed the boat there because we could have released that as an actual single and attempted to get groundswell and get it to a Christmas number one. <laughs> you can do that. You can you can release stuff and and you know submit it and uh, try and get it out there. So uh, next year, action figure fiasco, Christmas number one. Let's mm, do it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> hey, we got we got a good we got a good. I don't know how many people listen to this show, but uh, we got a good 150 on the on the Facebook group. So you know, mm. there you go. Well, they got it for free now. They don't, they're not not going to need to buy it anyway. So well, well, there you go. Let's let's we'll test their loyalty. We'll test their loyalty. See if they're willing to pay 99p. Um, okay, so this week uh, I'm starting off with another 112 scale um, figure, and it is the Sugar Man from Marvel Legends. Now, the Sugar Man is a character from the Age of Apocalypse storyline, which I devoured back in the day when i was collecting i think it was probably what was it um early to mid 90s 
and this mm. was where that alternate history where uh what's his name professor x's son legion yep. had gone back david haller had gone but is his name david haller i think had that gone back right. in time because he realized that the the mutants persecution across the globe was due to magneto uh, was due to magneto and if magneto wasn't around then mutants would live in peace and harmony with the human population mm-hmm. so he goes back to israel to one of the 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 early stages of professor x and magneto's friendship where they're kind of you know realizing each other's mutants they're setting up some kind of um you know alliance kind of thing mm-hmm. and as legion goes to kill magneto is popper popper bear prof x jumps in the way takes that takes the blast and then this new alternate reality is set where in fact professor x was the one that died and um, Magneto is now a hero leading the X-Men Apocalypse has risen to power and it's kind of this dystopian future anyway you don't need to know any of that to, to, for this <laughs> but it's a quick history <laughs> lesson for you the Sugar Man is one of the characters that was created for this alternate universe he is a hideous blob of a creature mm. with a massive oversized head small legs four arms he's kind of a an, a tinkerer an inventor a kind of um scumbag geneticist if you will and marvel legends he's one of these builder figures you buy the entire wave either six or seven figures this one was seven figures each one comes with a part which you then put together and it builds this figure so i had no interest in the actual figures in the line which were gene gray weapon x sunfire morph x-man wild child and some other clown don't know and um <laughs> you buy those seven and i basically bought them on a deal from zoom i think it was 70 quid i got all seven figures for mm-hmm. uh new Oops. took out the builder figure pieces immediately listed all the separate figures on ebay sold them yesterday for 68 quid i think mm-hmm. so um you know effectively got this guy for free cool um and put them together and yeah so let's talk about the figure uh forearms good articulation for the fact that he has got four arms um you can get him into some really cool poses a couple of fist hands a, a pointing hand a grip hand he's got a mallet that says sugar on the side he's got a big prehensile tongue coming out which has got a bit of bend and can kind of hold figures with their legs Ooh. um he's got a twist doesn't have an ab crunch obviously because he's got no abs uh big chunky thighs which does have a thigh swivel it's got an ankle rocker so and a knee joint the knee hardly goes back at all so posing wise you're not going to get much from the waist and legs, but arm-wise, you can get some real good poses and you're going to get mm. some real good interaction with this guy. And he is a heavy beast. Right. So there you go. I'm continuing my trend of... So I'm kind of trying to get out of the action figure collecting, um, but I am getting the occasional kind of oversized large villain figure I'm into. I like the big villain figures. Mm-hmm. So Very that's good. what I'm lying. Yeah, I wondered uh, if that mallet was meant to be like Thor's hammer or something, but it sort of looks, it's a very similar shape. But It is it's... a similar shape. Um, it's kind of got the short the short handle. Uh, it's got kind of the, like the edges are squ- squared off kind of like Thor's hammer. Um, and it's got the word sugar written on it, but I don't know. He's got some badges on his lapel bit here. Of, there's also a Deadpool badge and a some sort of flash badge or something. But um, overall, uh, very pleased with this figure. I think he's going to be good in some of the toy photography photos that I never take. Okay, that'd be good when I don't yeah. see them. Yep. <laughs> um, what's Thomas been up to this week? Let's find out. Kids with toys. 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 Lego. Kids with toys. G.I. Joe. Yo, Joe. 
Thomas, you're back once again. Yep. You're talking toys. Yep. And what have we got today? Crankcase. Crankcase, crankcase, it's the guy everyone knows called Crankcase. Well, not everyone knows about mm, no. him. Some people don't even know about G.I. Joe. Mm, yeah, so this one, this is a Christmas present. It's the uh, retro line Crankcase who came with the new uh, version of the Awe Striker. Yes. And so, is he awesome? What do you think? Hmm, I think I might decide afterwards talked a bit about the toy okay right so tell me about this guy what's he like Um, he's got a few good bents like Mm -hmm. the common good bents yeah he's got he's got all of the the joints if that you'd expect from a a modern figure that's nice to see that's like a a good figure usually has a good amount bents yeah (laughs) you like you like the, the bents in the toys right cool so he's uh, he's sort of kind of a basic looking guy. He's, his trousers are a sort of a plain kind of tanny colour. Like he's got uh, a green top. It was kind of a bit more of a jumper look to the old figure, mm. but this version it looks almost shirty. And he's got a nice removable helmet with a, a strap yeah. on it. Usually, like on the older figures, the mm-hmm. helmet would be. <clears throat> Stuck on, maybe. Yeah. yeah. The original one did have a removable helmet, but that, that strap is new. And then underneath, yeah. he's ging 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 ginger. What? <laughs> ginger. He's got a ginger hair and ginger. Yeah, ginger. Ginger. So ginger hair, ginger beard. But he's got like those um. Swipes that always almost makes it look like it's. Mm, he's a, got quite severe parting, a bit hasn't he? Real. Mm-hmm. With the hair. Yeah, and he's got very. He's actually got quite pale colour to his skin. Mm. Should we talk about the All Striker? Let's talk about the All Striker. So I quite like that figure, and the All Striker is very much like, uh, like the original. Um, there's a few very tiny, teeny the tiny Allstriker differences. All Striker is awesome. Mm. Such a cool uh, figure. So it's got that <gasps> gun uh, mounted on the on the top. Yeah. And it's got those headlights. Mm-hmm. The wheels you place yeah. on. Yeah, they spin around there nicely, are a few and they've even got. Because and I like you know the what? details. On this, do you know what that's Ooh. called? I don't know, but it's bumpy. Yeah, it's suspension hmm. for going over bumps. And it's even got on the back. Wait, you can take that off. The back comes off, and you can see the engine. And if the engine got damaged, you can probably even pull out the engine. Oh my god! I've not seen like Dada. You mm-hmm. didn't tell me about that. <laughs> Maybe it's because you don't want me ripping the thing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so when I was little, I used to take off the take out the engine and use it as a space to keep an extra person. But do you know the problem about doing what? that? What? Well, if you took out the engine, the car wouldn't be able to drive very far, would it? <laughs> Wait, I just realised mm-hmm. a bit of the engine sticking yeah. out. That's These are. It. It's got the exhaust pipes sticking mm. out there. There's um yeah. There's so many danger. Hot exhaust. Yeah, there's so many lovely little uh, touches. And um, I think when I had mine, it was probably a little bit harder to put together. You you just you snapped just together a few different pieces, didn't you? 
to mm. to put it together. Oh, yeah. um, mm. Did you put on the wheels or were they on the already? No, we had to put them on. Uh-huh. And usually there'd be like spare wheels, but this time there was only four, mm-hmm. which is handy, handy dandy. Okay. Anything more to say about the Ostriker and crankcase? The Ostriker is quite a nice toy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, They're both quite good figures. And... Yeah. So where mm. whereabouts would you rank the uh, the vehicle? Is it? Or should I say crank? Whereabouts would you crank the vehicle and the figure? <laughs> um, maybe a six or a seven. Six or a seven out of ten. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think the 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 vehicle is one of my favourites for sure. Yeah, yep. And as I say always, bye. Crankcase. Oh, interesting. Interesting. He is dead. Yeah, he is. Okay. Which is um, unnecessarily controversial. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as we'll find out a bit later. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, more action figure fiasco next week Uh, on to comics and this week we are talking about Snake Hunt parts 4 and 5 Comic Talk Oh, Comic Talk Barry Hammer rides them Chief and Mark discuss them Comic Talk Oh, Comic Talk Barry Hammer rides them Chief and Mark discuss them That's right, it's issues... 269 and 270 of this 10-part storyline, uh, parts 4 and 5. Uh, should we take a look at the covers? Yeah, let's do it. Favourite cover. Okay, I've got the Robert Atkins covers for 4 and 5. You Me had too. a good chat with the man. And he's done a lot of Snake Eyes previously. Obviously, he did the Snake Eyes book at IDW, but also That's when right. I see him doing pin-ups and commissions, a lot of Snake Eyes. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously got a big affinity for the character. He's done a lot of work on him professionally and, you know, as the most popular joe in the in the franchise yeah. uh he gets asked, asked to draw him an awful lot yeah i think he does one of the definitive versions of the character if i'm being honest yeah i think i think that's fair i've even got a uh, snake eyes commission from him as as well which was yeah. a, a recreation in his own style of the mike collins action force special yeah uh, it's a good one cover. it's a good one i like the way he draws his boots and he kind of draws him <laughs> a little bit not techy, but draws him kind of in combat gear, uh, yeah. but without losing that Snake Eyes feel. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and sort of a little bit of insight from the interview. Uh, Robert said that, that the reason that Snake Eyes appears on the covers so much on Snake Eye, Snake Hunt rather than the other Joes is that's what uh, Hasbro demanded, essentially. They wanted uh, Snake Eyes very much to be the front and centre focus for the Snake Hunt uh, right. covers. Yeah. And uh, he also talked about why... There were sort of these generic kind of covers, particularly for the first few issues, which aren't so related to the what's going on in the interiors, including the the homage uh, covers. And that was down to uh, trying to get the covers done before he saw the script. And so not really being sure exactly what would be on the inside. So having right. to keep it relatively yeah, generic as a, as okay. a result of that. All right. Well, let's have a look at then uh, part four. So having said i'm a you know massive fan of the way atkins draws snake eyes this cover of four is a little bit bland for me yeah he's lying down on uh lying down on the floor and bars in uh yeah in the way yeah i guess it's it's not an action machine scene is it <laughs> i don't think it's one that's gonna you know get readers to pull it off the shelf but um anyway so then we've got cover b which is the jamie sullivan part of this multi-part mm-hmm. how long does that run for how many issues does that i go think for? it runs for the 10 issues oh jeepers okay 
All right, very good. Uh, is this Scrap Iron by John Royal for the Retailer right. Incentive? Yeah, sort of surrounded by a kind of pinky glow. I think I like that. I think I like that lighting effect. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it works. And then we've got a couple of covers by uh, John Giang, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow Exclusive. They're kind of just close-ups, kind of heavily stylized pieces. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Don't mind those. Uh, let me just have a quick look at the next one. Two seventy, Snake Eyes coming out of the of the murk of the of whatever he's in water here with a couple of knives ready, um, smashed up tanks in the background. Yeah, did you uh, did you spot the uh, homage uh, on this one? Negative. The cover was a uh, homage to issue one hundred twenty three, Shots in the Dark, aka the Secret of the Sludge, where. Cobra Commander is seen emerging from some sludge-like liquid with burning tanks in the background. Um, so essentially, Cobra Commander here has been switched out by uh, Snake Eyes. Ah, oh, yes, of course. Yes, I see it now. Very good. Uh, we'll, we'll put those up uh, side by side when we do the do the picks, whatever. So obviously another Jamie Sullivan one as well. Then we got John Roll doing his Alpine, uh, mm-hmm. who we talked about last week. Uh, Alpine's probably about to get killed by a rock viper in that uh, image, <laughs> I would imagine. He's got a big bit of rope dangling out of his uh, mouth and, and sort of dangling down off screen. I said that rock viper was the strongest cobra there was. I think Alpine has got the strongest dental work <laughs> um, because that man has got some chompers to hold that rope. Yeah. And then a couple of uh, John Giang stylized covers again, Cobra Commander. Um, mm-hmm. both versions yeah yeah so what's your favorite of all these covers what do you think what, what are you plumping for Ooh, out of all of them maybe the alpine it is quite it's quite a cool image quite a good action shot yeah i'm gonna go with the scrap iron i think actually mm-hmm. yeah it'd be a toss up between the two for me i think all right so uh we've got interiors we've got obviously larry's writing we've got atkins on art with brian atkins on ink a brother maybe a brother yep yep okay jay brown on colors and uh, Neil Utake on letters, and then uh, Nico Diaz is back for part five with Tiago Gomez on inks, Jay Brownstone on colours, and Neil Utake, apologies if I pronounce your name wrong, on letters. Um, yeah, that's right. Diaz and, uh, and uh, Atkins tag-teaming uh, yes. for these issues. Yes. <laughs> um, so we know what happened in those first three parts where Snake Eyes was snake napped if you will so (laughs) give us a bit of a breakdown of what we can expect from parts four and five laura 343 is promoted and left in charge of the security detail over snake eyes who is kept in the sub sub basement of the springfield community center crystal ball is spying on cobra for zartan while disguised as a pizza delivery guy and he happens to deliver a pizza to the house occupied by the october guard Zartan helps Destro and Baroness escape from the Revanche factory. Cobra destroys the satellite that directs Joe Colton's orbital laser, and Jane is given one day to fix the problem. The Joes are preparing to mobilise, but are told to stand down by the Department of Defence. The Joes all request to cash in their leave time so they can mount an unofficial rescue. There you go. There you go. So this is where the the kind of the the shit hits the fan kind of thing in terms of like you said joe's really getting the troops up together and Mm -hmm. and starting to mount some kind of offensive to get their boy back that's right yeah get him back 
I so this issue starts <laughs> as as they all do. <laughs> this issue starts as they all do, uh, um, and we're kind of we're kind of seeing the inner workings of the Cobra base for the first time in terms of you know Cobra commanders telling them about all the mm-hmm. um, uh, defenses that that they've got uh, in this underground bunker, yeah. blast doors and armed corridors and you know laser guiding stuff and claymores mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the walls and uh, jets there are jets for nerve gas flame projectors two more sets of blast doors and electrified floors mm. so we haven't really been told about this underground lair section before what do you think's been going on down here why do <laughs> they need all this kind of security well they're you know an evil terrorist organization determined to take over the world ding ding Chief. ding you, there you go That'll do. you need uh, you need a special security yeah. section underneath your and i guess i guess the reason that it's that secure is is um or not the reason i guess the fact that it's that secure is the reason why they see fit to not have any video cameras down there and just post <laughs> one guard yeah, yeah i guess so okay in, in theory you know why would you need a guard at all if it's that secure Yes, yes. And, well, the guard they put is Laura, and mm-hmm. he kind of rationalised it by the fact that she had captured Snake Eyes before, so surely she is competent by herself to guard him. And there's yeah. a scene, an attempted comedy scene, which isn't funny to me, <laughs> where all these Cobra troopers and officers are just piling guns onto her. Viper, give Laura 343 your weapon and all your ammunition. Yes, Commander. And then it's, yeah, take this tranquilizer gun and these poison gas canisters. I'm giving you on my own personal pistol. A spare assault rifle can't hurt. And more ammo. Grenades come in handy. And whatever this thing is, which looks like it might be a flare gun. (laughs) So she sort of just piled on with all of these uh, extra guns. Yeah. Which are only any good if you're willing to shoot Laura. Yeah, Mm. but that's that's it. Because she is pretty, she's been pretty badass for the first three parts but here she turns into a wilting flower over the next couple of issues and it's <laughs> a real detriment bit. to her character mm. i find yeah i don't know yeah um, i mean it's it's not i mean there are hints of it in the previous few few issues that she's sort of struggling to to have that killer killer instinct when uh throwdown was originally trying to escape from the, the helicopter and whatnot she didn't you know she wasn't really she wasn't prepared to use lethal force or too much force at all in fact at, yeah. the, at that point yeah snake you know, eyes you mean not throw down you never know who's listening oh, true, true there might be people listening yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, <laughs> but it does it does seem like it's a kind of a thankless task really doesn't it this this duty that, that is kind of like they're sort of setting her up for the fall almost like yeah, yeah chucking her chucking on the bus who you know who yeah. can who can we give this thankless tasks to yeah yeah i thought it was just kind of lazy cliched storytelling by <laughs> maybe just... yeah so i thought it'd be like at work where you're you're told that you've got an uh you've got an interesting um opportunity that their your boss would like you to 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 do yeah which is code go talk and... for some horrible task that is yeah, going to go and clean out the shit Um, interestingly also cobra like to have their plans um, filter right down to their foot soldiers all the way down they don't like to keep anything secret because there's a pizza delivery guy who happens to be crystal ball and he's just he's randomly chatting to a cobra and he says he actually says to him snake eyes has been locked away in a maximum security facility in the sub sub basement Mm -hmm. after crystal balls obviously hypnotized him 
but interesting that the Cobra Troopers were fully on board with, you know, what's going on. It's not like information was kept secret from them. Yeah, they've got a very flat management uh, structure right, okay. uh, with, with very little hierarchy. And the, the ethos is Cobra is, is that they like to have things as an open book so got that um, everyone's on the same page okay. and, uh, you know, f- all fo- following the same paradigm for yeah. their uh, business planning. Yep. Uh, no prize dynamics. in the post. Um, but, but to be fair, um, it, you know, this Cobra Trooper is outside the front of the community centre, you know, on guard duty specifically trying to guard the community centre because Snake Eyes is in there and they would yep. have seen the they would have seen the Aspid land yep. previously and maybe and he was one of the troops Snake that Eyes. escorted him down to the sub sub basement anyway it, yeah could have been couldn't it explain to me about these October Guard which we had discussed on a previous episode about whether this was a mistake because they're dead um, I think I'd even tried to no prize it what did I actually say they were robots at one point so we put we laid out a theory as to what they might might be. We had a bit of a discussion about whether they're whether it was a mistake, whether they're robots, whether they're duplicate, um, like just um, cyborgs. Yeah. yeah oh, and that was a complete. Yeah, I, I didn't. I hadn't read ahead, so I didn't know. And as it turns out, they are in fact cyborgs. Cyborgs or robots? Hard to say, but. Um, we talk about this a little bit with uh, with Robert. Um, he theorizes that they might be complete robots rather than um, cyborgs or at least horror show you have to explain to me the difference between robot and cyborg robot is fully is no organics is that right and cyborg's got some organics exactly yeah 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 um so so whether it yeah is it's just a complete mechanical construct uh, or whether it does contain whether it is you know part of the original october guard humans right uh, or not but um why were these created well we don't know a huge amount about what's what's going on we've only really got what's on the page to to go by so yeah. what we do know is that horror show is seeming seem to have these like kind of glitches going going on mm. brekov sends out dragonski and diana out of the room to go and get some ice from the machine um which ostensibly seems to be just to get rid of them and get them out of the room while he opens up uh, horror show's chest hatch sees that he's got a blown refuse, uh, a revanche uh, branded fuse, uh, which he then replaces before uh, Diana and Dragonski get back. And those those two are the October guards of the team that weren't originally killed in that special yeah. missions is issue. Is it Diana so, so or is it Dana? Dana. Uh, okay. d- 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 yeah, Dana, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's D-A-I, not D-I-A. Not Princess sorry. Diana. Well, she's, you know, she's the... Could the be her. She could be a revanche. <laughs> queen, queen of our hearts, really, isn't she, in terms of um, the readership? Um, so, so yeah, I guess the, the implication of sending her out of the room is that, that they're not fully aware of kind of what's what's going on and they and they want to keep them in, in the dark. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, we don't have a huge amount to go on as to exactly what has happened here and what's the status of the the four october guards who are back from the 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 dead and you know whether they are robots whether they are cyborgs whether you know it, what the whole shenanigans going on here and hopefully it's something that that can be expanded on in some point in the uh, in the future yeah yeah robert atkins explains it all no i was probably just as surprised as everybody i was like uh, I, first, I was excited to get to draw the October Guard, and then when Horror Show starts like acting up, and then they uh, he sends them off. He's like, "Go get ice," and then they run off, and then he opens up the chest plate like um, like it's some '80s TV show. Uh, 
And I was, and that's all kind of described in the script. You know, yeah. that this is kind of how they, he acts as it pulls out a little fuse. You know, that's like a revanch, you know, kind of like component. Right. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I wasn't. So I was, I was not caught up with like why or how. And I was like, okay, you know, yeah. So I, I really don't. It's just kind of what was in the scripts. Uh, he doesn't really allude to like where it's going. You kind of just draw what's on the page and then assume it's going to come back up later. Uh, well, yeah. So that was kind of my thought process. First, I was excited to draw them. And then I was like, what? And then. Uh, I just, I'm with everybody else, just kind of wondering when it's going to come back around, you know. And a couple of other things I noticed in that scene is that uh, Colonel Breakov here seems to be wearing a Python Patrol Cobra Trooper type outfit there with the green shirt and the yellow stripes. Um, it's not something that is really followed up on or, or explained. So it's a bit strange and, and sort of because he's in that Cobra outfit and there isn't a huge amount other than them addressing him by name to, to indicate who the character is. Um, it could be potentially a bit, a little bit confusing, particularly as it doesn't seem to be explained late, later on. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the explanation that, that I came up with in my uh, own head canon is, is that Brekov is doing various bits of kind of reconnaissance. And so doing, you know, that's why he's in a, in a Cobra uniform so that he can just sort of sneak about you know get into the co various cobra locations try and find out what's going on and he, yeah he'll have just got back from that and that's why he's still in the uh the cobra garb yep very good very good um, Makes sense. On, on that next page there um the last page of the october guard scene there's uh one of the other october guards third third panel of the page he says that something pizza something is still out there can you see that that blank yes. pizza yep. blank is out there, and that is actual uh, Russian uh, right. that that has been uh, put there because I used uh, Google Translate to find out what it is that they are saying. Okay, and he is saying, "Do you want to have a guess, or shall I just fill in the blanks?" That fucking pizza fuck is still out there. <laughs> no, it was that American pizza oh. dude is still out there. Same difference. Mm, close, close, yeah. almost there. Very good, very good. The Joes have got a big problem on their hands because their catch-all Deus Ex Machina uh, winning winning thing device is gone. Kablamo! <laughs> oh, you're talking about the ninja? I thought um, no, the, I'm the talking laser, about the, the Cobra yeah. Stella Stiletto has blown up their super death ray. See, I thought you were talking about the fact that their ninja. Uh, has gone, which is also which is their other oh, yes, actual win yes. every time with nonsense going on. Yes. <laughs> no, but they've they've had their um, satellite blown up, and um, you know they've got. Um, I think is it Joe says to Jane, "You've got two weeks to build a new one." Uh, no, she says it's going to take two weeks to build a new one. He's like, "You got one day. You got one day." Yeah, good luck, love. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> but that's interesting that they wanted to. Larry wanted to take that out of the equation, I guess. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a way of uh, having two more Joes, I guess, in the story to cover off, but also, yeah, take that off the picture and and you know, say that they can't uh, use that as a plot device, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that, again, I think needs a bit of a leap of logic, I guess, in a way, is where Hawks kind of, the Joes are in the pit and they're discussing, and Hawk kind of says, if Cobra discovers that Throwdown is not the original Snake Eyes, 
Um, no, have you thought about the consequences if Cobra discovers Threadon's not the original Snake Eyes? And Duke's like, yes, sir, that's why we need to get it, get this rolling ASAP. Because mm. what is the consequence if they do find out? I don't think you need me to tell you the consequences no, if of course, uh, we Cobra all know. find out. Because we all know the consequences, yes. um, which remind me, remind me again what the uh, consequences are. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and again, this is where... The story is is showing a few. I know you know it's comic book, so you've got to suspend disbelief a little bit. But it's like they're making a mountain out of a molehill here. They're like, if if they find out that Snake Eyes doesn't exist, the world is going to crumble. Gigo will be no mm-hmm. more. I mean, come on, it's just a guy that you know. If they find out he's dead, they're probably just going to have a party or something. You know, big well, deal. Well, I think when they discussed it previously, it would be like you know, if they thought that snake eyes was dead and we had a replacement snake eyes or you know didn't have any snake eyes then they'd see us as being weak because we wouldn't have snake eyes on our team and you know right. he's the best guy and he'd be able to solve all our problems yeah but at this point in time snake eyes is captured yeah so it's not like it's not like cobra have him in the art you know the joes have him in the in the armory to deploy at this point anyway so yes um they don't have a snake eyes no. because he is captured yeah and it's it's kind of standard bad guy protocol as well that when you've got a captured enemy uh, you don't strip him of his clothing um, <laughs> and demask him and find out who he actually is and you know put him in just a loincloth or whatever you leave him in his full get up which of course he's got some lockpick tools in later on yeah i'll leave you i'll leave those fantasies to, to youtube but, uh, <laughs> but but also we've already established that throwdown snake eyes is is just as um capable as the original snake eyes really at this point if if yeah. not maybe perhaps even more so so um I think the fact that they they don't have the original Snake Eyes and they have got a replacement is is fairly moot at this point because because Throwdown is so capable it doesn't seem to make a huge you know deal of beans to me. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just lastly on this first part or this fourth part that we're talking about today, Destro and the Baroness are still kind of hypnotised or under the influence of the Alpha uh, Blue Ninja thingy, Spider Crab thing, and. <laughs> But they get extracted by Zartan, who's in disguise. Mm. Then all the ninjas get together and go off. And then when we see him at the start of the next one, Destro is kind of happily fighting alongside Zartan Mm. to try and help Snake Eyes. So I'm not sure what kind of control this Alpha 001 has over Destro. Has he got full autonomy now, Destro? Or is he... Can he always be mind-controlled, or I don't really understand that relationship? I think when we last saw Destro and the Baroness, they had worked out a way of de-mind-controlling themselves, if that's a thing. Uh, Yeah, removing the mind-control. And yeah, the the Revanche Alpha 001, whatever he's called, says, It's a pity that you meat puppets cannot accept your destinies and conspire to change the inevitable we're going to erase your personality. So he's basically saying that, you know, you've you've worked out a way how to get rid of your mind controllingness, yep. and uh, that is very annoying. So you know, I'm going to keep you captive, and and sort of instead of trying to just control your mind, I'm going to blank your blank okay. your mind instead. Okay, got it. So yeah, at this point in time, they are self-aware and in in control. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, but and then uh, we do have a nice bit of uh, fortuitous happenstance that that occurs. Uh, as to how Zartan is aware that where they are and what's going on and how to rescue them, because um, Buzzer, t- you know, rides on in into the um, Dewdrop Bar there in the Jersey mars- Marshes, saying, "Oi, I just took a spin past the Revanche HQ building, and something right fishy is going on down there. 
they've got iron grenadiers working on the assembly line. So uh, yeah, where is just, he from again? Uh, it's <laughs> it's not not entirely clear. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's I think uh, my my cartooning accent of uh, right. my gen- generic kind of slightly uh, Cockney Aus- Australian potentially uh, uh, dreadnought. There. It's very good. It's very good. Buzz is just you know having a little ride around and just happens to to spot that something very fishy is going on down at Revanche HQ, which uh, leads to to them figuring out what's going on and and, uh, and leading a rescue attempt. Yes, correct, correct. Um, Nitho Diaz on to the next issue. And like I said previously, I think his work has definitely improved and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, those first few pages, you know, really, really kind of tight action scenes. I think the colouring helps as well and the inking, but... Um, Good, good stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think they're working well in 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 tandem. There, there's uh, yeah, lots of lots going on on each page. Lots lots of figures being uh, crammed in, which I'm sure is quite a difficult thing for for an artist to achieve to be getting in quite so much going on on uh, on each page and each indeed each each panel. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's doing well, I think. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, Jane has got one day to get that satellite or replacement satellite back up. And then this is where we start seeing the Joes mobilise. Yeah. You know, troop carriers coming in, vehicles, troops getting ready. Um, they're all... Uh, Hawk gets a call, doesn't he, actually? General Abernathy mm-hmm. here. Yes, this is a secure line. Then a blank panel, silent panel. Yes, I understand. The DOD has unauthorised this operation and is pulling all support. Stand down. So it's like, mm. well, we've only just started to mobilise and uh, we've got to cut all ties straight away. But uh, these Joes, if nothing else, these Joes are great at disobeying orders. <laughs> you know, yes. they should all be in the brig. But, they uh, should. But yeah, <laughs> they know what's the loophole they get around. I can't remember. Oh, they all take leave. They, take they all leave, take leave yeah. of absence. I don't. I, we'll talk about this a, a, probably a few times down the road. But to me, having a a bunch of army types on leave, you know, with their weapons and and vehicles, go, you know. Go tearing about the countryside and and having firefights yeah. on leave under their own time rather than um, you know as an authorized mission it seems like it's <laughs> it's fraught with um you know legal issues there in yeah. terms of you know if they're caught and they you know, surely that is something that you get you locked away for life yeah also it's like um you're sure you're surely you're leaving your designated area of defense undefended it's like you know all the hospital staff saying ah oh, we're all going to take a week off now all at the same time <laughs> yeah there must be there must be some policies set down by hr there about how many of them can yeah. take leave at the same time who is running yeah. this, mm. this uh this outfit anyway <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah who's is their ad- admin specialist again is yeah, it? they got one. They got a finance guy, haven't they? I don't know if they've uh, talked talked about the HR policy, Joe guy. <laughs> yeah, I think it's called manpower or yes. headcount or maybe <laughs> service record. Um, Mindbender, meanwhile, is setting up a brand new version of the Brainwave Scanner, but he's got to do some reinforcing and uh, updating, and it's clearly not ready yet. Mm, okay, that will explain why uh, they've not stuck um, Throwdown in there straight away. Yeah. Yeah, you mean snake eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is where the first bits of where we start seeing Laura, you know, he's fidgeting around in his straitjacket snake eyes. And uh, she's like, please stop. I'm giving you three seconds to stop. Then I'm going to shoot you. Mm. Yeah, no spoilers to say that she doesn't actually shoot him. I don't want to shoot you, but I will if I have to. Please stop. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'll tell you one thing I did like is at the dew drop in the Jersey Meadowlands, the bar, Destra and the Baroness 
in the middle of this emergency um, situation where hours and minutes are critical, <laughs> they're sat down having a Sunday brunch and he's having a beer. Yeah, beer. Nice. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. I guess if anyone was going to stop and just relax and, um, you know, take stock of things and do things in a civilised manner, it's probably going to be Destro. Yeah. But I'm surprised he's a beer drinker. I thought I would have put him as more of a Prosecco man. Well, he's Scottish, isn't he? Right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah, they're sort of uh, they're having a little bit of a grumble about the the quality of the comestibles available to them. Yes, uh, yes. it's just uh, chocolate covered donuts, tray de classe, to say the least. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I've got a question here. Um, so let's let's just. I could be completely wrong. It didn't look like this was all Nitho Diaz art in this issue because when I go over the page from Destro drinking a beer. The page on the right of the October Guard, it it doesn't look like Nitho Diaz art, or does it? Am I just seeing things that's not there? Hmm, no, it's, it it's interesting. Different. Yeah, it does look slightly different, doesn't it? Um, yeah, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, Could I mean, it's, it's not out of, out of the question that that maybe someone else has had a hand there. It doesn't look like uh, Atkins there either, though. No, I think it probably is Nitho Diaz, but um, I don't know. Just mm-hmm. maybe he. Maybe he pens because a lot of these uh, artists they sometimes do pages out of order, don't they? Um, in yeah. terms of in terms of drawing, so maybe he just did that as as a different time of doing the other action sequences. And yeah, stuff. I but, mean, um, given that what what we know about the deadlines on this being difficult and and whatnot, it's not inconceivable that potentially somebody helped out with um with some of it. Maybe maybe helping out on that particular page yeah interesting observation yeah i'll tell you what we do get we get a little blast from the past here uh because the joes they can't all go in military vehicles so they got one that's been in storage for a while since mm. back in the issue 30s of the marvel run and yeah. a certain yellow van <laughs> belonging to bongo the balloon bear yeah yeah nice r.i.p so that was, uh, I don't know, maybe that's just, Larry said he's bringing everyone back, and uh, maybe he meant it. Yeah, I think possibly the pit might have been destroyed in between them having the uh, Bongo the Balloon Bear down in the stat right. line and base, and yeah, and this point, but but yeah, let's like, not quibble too much. It's, yeah. You know. yeah, nice touch, I like that, that was good. And then we, yeah, conclude out with uh, with everyone uh, everyone finding a way to, to get back to Charlie Mike after they've been told to to. Uh, stand down so that's right yeah sir requesting leave for personal reasons sir so you want to take some leave time stealer yes sir and so does everybody else yes request denied no (laughs) (laughs) approved yeah and then you've got a long line of joe's sort of stretching down the uh down the stairs of everyone requesting uh their leave i'm sure that someone i'm sure that a joe has previously in other gi joe comic books has previously been captured and the whole G.I. Joe force didn't mobilise to get him back. Mm. Favouritism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, everyone everyone knows... Um, who do I say? Everyone knows Snake Eyes, a.k.a. Throwdown. Everyone know, everyone calls him Throwdown back in the Joe, Joe base. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's a favourite. He's been there for, for you know, <laughs> a really long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Even though it's uh, not him. <laughs> Yeah, so so obviously they're gonna they're gonna wanna wanna help him out. But um, would this be a good time to name the Joes? Here we go. Name the Joes. Is there a clue in the character pose? Maybe the outfit or the funky clothes? Do I spy a pair of pantyhose? 
some facial hair or distinctive nose ID the Joes, knock them over like dominoes Or Laurie Hammer's polyphonic prose Name the Joes Name them I think I know who these guys are, so let's see how you fare, Chief On that line of Joes, starting with Lifeline on the on the left And Roadblock on the right, taking up half the panel Alright uh, then I guess behind him is that repeater behind Roadblock? Ding. And then next to him, Gung Ho. Ding. And then the face in the back there looks like a lift ticket. Ding. And then there's some heads that I can't make out. It looks like then there's a Wild Bill. Uh, next to him is guy in a red hat. Um, could be. Oh, Crazy Legs is dead, isn't he? Yep, that's right. Um, so that could be Crazy Legs. Oh, it's Crazy Legs. Okay. <laughs> next... Oh no, it could be Airborne. Could be airborne, with a, with a, uh, next with to him lighting. looks like a generic grunt, maybe. It could be a grunt or or a zap, uh, probably. Zap. Yeah, and then behind that looks like Cover Girl. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, cross country, but he's dead. No, so it's, that's Toll Booth, I think. Uh, I think it's probably cross country. Could be. No, he's dead. Tollbooth. Cross country. That's Toll Booth. Uh, to- to- um, cross country survived. Oh, did he? Yep. Right. Yep, he survived that mission. Okay, I'm saying it's Toll Booth. Then next to him, hat looks like he might have a tash. Uh, cutter? Yeah, cutter or leatherneck, I think. Yeah, cutter or leatherneck. Behind him, the three ones there. There's torpedo on the left. Don't know those other two. It looks like alpine and uh, the other guy on the right. Hard to say. Yeah, uh, behind him, keelhaul. Um, yeah, that would be my guess. Potentially dogfights. Right, um, yes. Uh, and then Grand Slam, maybe, or Flash. Grand Slam or Flash, yeah. And then Bazooka. And then some guy with a dog, but I don't, I don't recognise that dog. Law and Order, maybe? I think, it, yeah, it would have to be Law and Order because okay. uh, it's a lighter coloured dog, so uh couldn't be much, I don't think. Yeah, there you go. Got there you go. Got them all. Ish. <laughs> Robert Atkins explains it all. The issue that Netho did where they're all kind of lined up to kind of say, hey, we're willing to go, you know. And then Larry wasn't happy with that because I think you had Roadblock maybe right up front and a couple other characters. I forget exactly who, but real nice and big, real close. And of course, as an artist, that allows you to fill a lot of space and then a whole trail of people going off into the background. And I think Larry, it was still in his mind at that point that like, hey, we want to get screen time for all these characters. And we're like, you you can't that's a that's not possible and it's a to be honest a boring shot because that means everybody's a medium-sized character you know Mm -hmm. if you have somebody who's large in the foreground that immediately takes up a ton of space and and so you have a limited amount of space remaining to fit everybody else in and inevitably that if you have somebody huge in the foreground you have to have somebody tiny in the background or you have no depth of field right you have no depth going on so he, he obviously realized that he's an artist himself and and he was like, well, I think he kind of just gave up at that point <laughs> and put everybody on a bus. And we were like, oh, dang it. <laughs> uh, so let's have a look at some of the little mini nuggets hidden away in the issues with I Spy. I Spy with my little eye. Um, so did you spot the Pyro Viper? I did there? not. I don't know what they look like. So it's just on one panel as uh, Cobra Commander in uh, 269 is, introduced, is is talking about some of his troopers. 
And uh, yeah, over on the on the right, he says, yeah, the entire corridor is patrolled and guarded by heat vipers, pyro vipers, and frag vipers. Um, and pyro viper seems to be a new uh, trooper, but it looks an awful lot like the red shadows, red torches, which are described as pyro troopers. Right. Um, I discussed this briefly with uh, with uh, Robert Atkins and. Uh, uh, his his memory, I think, was a little bit hazy on this one, but uh, it's it sounded like um, it was something that he threw in there as a bit of a uh, a little extra nugget uh, there. Robert Atkins explains it all. Um, this whole time, uh, Larry was mostly having us draw, mostly the heat vipers and frag vipers, night vipers, yeah, some techno vipers and stuff. I think that was generally the crowd. And but you know the idea too was kind of like just kind of I was kind of just excited about drawing as many vipers as I could find and stick them in there, and so I think I randomly just drew that pyro viper in, and then I think because he saw that in there, he was like, "Who's this guy?" and then and then wrote it into the dialogue. I think that's what happened there. I don't think that he wrote that onto the script initially as much as I just kind of threw an extra viper in there, but then you never see him again, so. Yeah, I think I I think I just kind of added that in, um, and then it was colored that way too. So, um, we saw uh, Stiletto and the Star Viper there, sort of blasting the laser out of the sky. Yep. So that was um, uh, a, a welcome appearance after quite a number of issues, because I don't think they've probably not been seen since um, since the beginning of the Cobra Civil War. Um, and yeah, did you know that the stiletto is the name of an actual snake? I did not. Yeah, I thought it was named after, you know, fancy pointy high heel. Yeah. We got a few Joes that we've not seen before. Uh, we've, we had Roll Bar from 2004, who's an assault vehicle driver and mechanic. So it makes sense to see him in that uh, pit motor pool. Um, and we also saw the slugger tank in the background, uh, but we didn't see Thunder, who's the normal uh, slugger tank driver, uh, because he's he's dead. Uh, not that that would necessarily rule him appearing, but um, uh, would be the reason why we wouldn't see him. But I, I wondered to myself how the Joes would feel about you know being the driver of uh, of a specialist vehicle like that, which is associated with a particular specialist uh, driver who is now dead how how would you feel about stepping into those shoes yeah big shoes mm. to fill uh, rumbler makes an appearance who is drawn like the actual figure rumbler uh, but when someone called rumbler has previously appeared um, such as in issue 80 he was drawn uh, as the figure armadillo the rolling thunder driver so it looks like we've probably got two rumblers about or at least one rumbler in two different outfits yeah mate i mean we've established that um the GI Joe HR policy is a little bit weak, so so maybe maybe there's some shadow employees going on there where we got yeah. one guy who's who's sort of claiming two lots of pay potentially. Look into that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. If we're getting getting into to, to another one of favourites here, it's it's spotting some Joes who we thought were dead. Ooh. Who's that? What's that? You don't know what you're doing, but I saw a mistake. Something wrong with the drawing, and I spot an old Joe. I thought that he had died. Hmm. Bit shifty. Explain this, give it a no, no price. price. Okay. 
So, did you did you spot the two? We've we've talked about it kind of. So you probably uh, probably got a little bit of an idea. Crazy legs. So not crazy legs in these two issues, I'm afraid. Well, unless we're talking about that tiny, teeny, tiny panel. Okay. Uh, we've got Crankcase. Yes. So over in 269, he's actually referred to by name as well, rather than just being a um, sort of very background appearance. He says, Crankcase and Rollbar, I need a hand here. You got it, Steeler? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Crankcase uh, 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 cropped in there. And uh, and Larry actually f- addressed this on Facebook at the time. He, he wrote, I seem to have forgotten that Crankcase was dead. Mea culpa. Nobody else is to blame. It has been posited that I don't care about the characters. I care intensely about the characters, but I have never been much of a continuity freak. I have a printed list of dead characters that I refer to, but Crankcase seems to have been omitted. I compiled the list myself, so there may be more errors. And if somebody has a more accurate list, I'd appreciate it. And unfortunately, I don't think uh, we got that updated list to Larry in time, <laughs> because then in 270, we get the appearance of Heavy Metal, who uh, died in that same scene as Crankcase, where they were gunned down by the Saw Viper. We've got, uh, yeah, two for the price of one uh, this this month. Very good, very good. Uh, yeah, Heavy Metal appearing in the, the sequence where they're having to offload the vehicles uh, after they've been told to to stand down, so again, not a uh, not a background appearance, but actually a, a full panel there of, page, uh, yep. of heavy metal with dialogue, as well as bringing people back from the dead. Uh, Larry is known for a few other things, so uh, let's have a bit of hammer time. Stop! Hammer time! Time to beat the soles of your boots with my face. Sucking chest wounds, red ninjas, brain scanners, rubber hoses, blue ninjas. Some more sucking chest wounds. Hammer time. Okay, what's he up to this week? This is this is a few themes of, of things that we see from from Larry. Um, we've got uh, Zartan going against his own self-interest to help the Joes or Destro, um, having uh, recently helped the the ninjas escape from uh, the basement of the Springfield Community Center a few issues ago in the uh, Dawn of the Arashikage arc and helping Destro out in the Search and Destroy three-parter as well as a couple of examples. We've got the Joes not being given the go-ahead to rescue Snake Eyes, so having to do it on their own time, um, which is a bit of a, a G.I. Joe trope, where when the real work needs to be done, you're going to have to go and do it yourself uh, on your own time. So yeah, the I think the last time we saw, saw that was where in Cobra's Venom in 258, there was a uh, all-volunteer rescue mission to, to extract the Joes from, well, Springfield again, yeah. actually. Yep. Yep. In issue 270, Granny's got a brand new brick. Hey! Come on! When she's being ta- told to stand down, her, her mitigating excuse as to continuing the mission is that she's got a brand new brick in her bag and she wants to use it. Yes, yes. What do you think she's got like uh, dimensions and, you know, um, composite materials or what, you know, uh, what kind of, has she got a criteria of, of checklist that she looks for in a brick, do you think? Or she got I like think a personal, she must. has she got a personal custom brick designer? Well, yeah, we've already established that she uh, gets her bricks from the, uh, from the, <laughs> from the customized weapons dealer over at uh, Ellen Bogdan, uh, which is, you know, the shop next door. Um, so, so yeah, we are talking about specialised uh, ninja bricks uh, here. 
Yes, of course, of course. Um, and we've got uh, at the end of 269, we've got uh, Stalker, Clutch and Rock and Roll talking about their uh, ammo loadout as well as they're preparing for the mission. Uh, you know, just, just to, to tick off against our list here, we've got uh, Stalker who's loading all ball, uh, Clutch is alternate ball and AP, and uh, Rock and Roll mixes it up. Ball, AP and Tracer in random order. Surprise is good. Yeah, even surprising himself sometimes when he gets the wrong loadout that he doesn't want. <laughs> he does. Just, uh, yeah, filling someone up with uh, his balls. But uh, Larry always introduces us to new vocabulary as, as well, which um, keeps us learning. And uh, let's find out what he's teaching us this week. Always love learning. There used to be a pudding that was over-egged. You know the pudding. You know the pudding. At first it was British, but then it was Commonwealth. You know the pudding. You know the pudding. But now there's a new player in town. A comic book writer of, of some renown. He's using real world examples and peppering the issues with with lots of samples. It's a Larry Hammer colloquialism. He's talking G.I. Joe and all its heroism. Can you guess what it is? Is it something new? Now listen as Larry drops a slice of real life on you. So this week, uh, Horror Show is getting a somewhat specialist pizza. So he is getting uh, some kishka on his pizza any ideas what kishka might be kishka is obviously anchovies <laughs> it's close but not anchovies or eat close tuna it's, it's not fish uh it's uh it's um bacon it's meat based so it's, we're talking it's sausage <laughs> It is sausage. Like I ding, said, ding, ding. Sausage. Uh, like you said, cool. Um, yeah, it's Eastern European sausage or stuffed intestine, which is a f- uh, made with a filling from a combination of meat and grain. The main name Kishka is Slavic in origin and literally means gut or intestine. Delicious. Very good. And did you have any favourite line of dialogue, Chief? I did. I did have one this week, and it's from two six nine, and it's from the um alpha zero zero one and it's just one part of the the line that he's saying to destro and baroness and he says quote of the week 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 we're going to erase your personalities and transition you into pliable drones to man the assembly lines but the process is too complex for our onboard tentacles so these blue ninjas will take you to the basement is my favorite bit where we have the proper facilities and floor drains to deal with the mess (laughs) oh nice (laughs) very good um anything from you or nothing this week i didn't have anything that jumped out at me uh this this week and uh yeah we've talked about a few uh interesting lines as as we've gone along so nothing further from me i'll tell you what i do have though i do have an mvp who is the MVP? Most valuable person in these issues. Who is the MVP? Is it a culprit, Joe, or the enemy? Okay, uh, this week my MVP is Crystal Ball. Oh, nice yeah. one. Yeah, I love the fact that um, Larry is 
doing something uh, with one of these weird and wacky characters that, that I'm a big fan of. And obviously he's here doing pizza deliveries in Springfield <laughs> under the guise of... What's his... I'm just looking at the page. What's his... Um, uh, is it Braco Bros? Braco Bros. Braco Bros Pizza. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. And then my favourite bit from him comes in the next issue. Let me just get to it where... He's doing some kind of recon and he's always on the phone as well on his bike. I mean, he could get pulled over by the cops for that, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then in 270, my favourite bit is here where he's he's delivered these pizzas to some of these Cobra Troopers and then he's on the horn to Zartan telling him about the plans, whatever, and he says, I'll report back with an update after I finish my pizza delivery run. This man is dedicated to the cause of delivering the pizza. And he's kind of hunkered down. He's trying to get into a speed pose. And um, I kind of like that whole panel, actually, because behind him, there's uh, a guy going up to the food truck saying, I'll have the blini with red caviar and the wild mushroom soup. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. this is a callback. I think this is a callback to uh, when Mindbender and Cobra Commander, weren't they in a, a food truck dishing out, you know, lavish luxury goods? Yeah, they were in, like, crustacean com- yeah. comestibles or, or whatever it was called. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Crystal Ball, good page time, uh, actually does good work by hypnotising, getting information and is a mm-hmm. hell of a pizza delivery man. Yeah, he's, he's fully immersed in that role. Yeah. He's, he's getting into character. Method. He's got to com- complete that, com- complete Charlie Mike and complete that yeah. pizza delivery round. Yes. Uh, excellent stuff. Very good, very good. And they've um, got, the Braco Bros, have, they've got a wide selection of uh, ingredients for your pizza as well. It sounds like they're a, a good good pizza good delivery yeah, company if you see Braco Bros in your local area uh, make sure you get one of their pizzas but don't look at the guy's medallion when he swings it in front of your eyes that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think next week maybe we'll do two more issues parts 6 and 7 and then the following week we can maybe close out with 8, 9 and 10 so okay, cool. Uh, next week make sure you read 271272 if you want to uh, play catch up with us uh, that's all good but uh, let's do some final thoughts on these two issues and the story as a whole as we think it's going. What's your thoughts? Okay, um, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, as much as I poke um, fun at some of the some some of the elements, um, I do my best to, to suspend my you know disbelief where things uh, do <laughs> um, maybe not all as all that they might be, and just you know just try and enjoy it for for what it is. The I think the art from the team here is is great. And uh, they're, I think they're doing an interesting job at sort of building these various forces to to sort of uh, pull together these various different groups um, that are all heading towards Springfield for for a showdown with Throwdown <laughs> slash Snake Eyes. Yeah, um, I'm. I think it's silly fun, but mm. I'm still not on board. And I think one of the main problems that I'm finding is. For me, there's zero tension involved. Um, we've got Snake Eyes captured. He's under cover of guard from one individual. So we know he's going to escape. Um, we kind of know where the story's going, I guess, unless there's going to be a major death or a major turning point or a major um, shake-up at the end of it. Um, I'm not sure. But for me, it's just it's another one of these over long um over egg the pudding kind of stories uh, i'm not really feeling it art team is doing a good job i agree there um but I-, I think larry is losing it a bit but let's see where it goes we've still got four issues to cover um to no f- uh five issues five, five issues, issues. Arc. so we're halfway through halfway through so let's see what happens um yeah the con- my concern is that there's a lot of build 
but there's you know there's not going to be they're going to run out of time for the for the payoff yes yes okay well we've already talked action figures once let's do it again Mark talks about toys ho ho he talks about G.I. Joe he talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show Mark talks about toys Mark talks about toys okay so my choice is again harder and harder because as Larry has stated he wants to include every single Joe here mm. uh, you've covered Crankcase already with Thomas so you're not going to do him again so now you're going for Crystal Ball. Oh, that would be a good choice, wouldn't it? But I didn't. No, that's why I said that's why I didn't say him. I said that would have been a good choice. Uh-huh. Uh, so you are going for a Joe. Or, or, or a different faction, maybe. Oh, no, that's a question. It's like a, I hadn't finished the sentence. Okay, you're going for a right. Joe, or you might go for a Cobra. Or even a... Or you, know, you might even go for an enemy. An enemy of some description. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going for something like the uh, Dreadnoughts slash October Guard area. Oh, that's right. Yeah, October Guard. I, yes, you got yes. it. Yeah, correct. Wow. That's what I said. October Guard, and I think because he's had some good page time here, you might be going for horror show. Yeah. Yeah. First time. It's uh, you know step down crystal ball. It, there's uh, there's one man with a sixth sense here. It's yeah. uh, chief. That's it. It's you uncanny. Got it. Yes, you got it. You got it. <laughs> um, tell me all about horror show. So uh, horror show as a figure, he he never came out in the original uh, run of uh, of GI Joe, which was an enormous disappointment to to me because I thought that the October Guard. Uh, were were great and and would have you know made great uh, additions to that original run, uh, but um, we did eventually see uh, a release of Horror Show, and he first came out in two thousand and five, uh, and he was a three pack uh, in the comic book packs that came with Stalker and Stormovic, and separately there was a uh, a, a comic pack incl- which included issue uh, six, which was Colonel Breakov. Uh, Dana and Shraj. Um, so, so between those two, we did eventually get uh, sort of O-ring versions of the uh, original team of uh, October Guard. There was another release of Horror Show which came in 2013 uh, in the International GI Joe Convention exclusive October Guard Operation Bear Trap box set, uh, which clu- in, which was a big old set of various figures, but. Um, just for the purposes of this, I'll, I'll look at the, the version one. His file card, I think in this era, wasn't written by Larry. So generally the file, card, file cards um, aren't maybe considered quite in, as in terms of canon or, or in terms of the elegance of the writing. But uh, here we go anyway. Um, uh, Stefan Horosho Drakursky, um, his primary military special weapons expert, secondary military special infantry birthplace Tbilisi, Georgia. The big Georgian fighter has plenty of strength and fighting skills, but he knows he's better off leaving the intelligence analysis to other members of the team. Just point him in the direction of whoever you want knocked down or taken out, and Horror Show will get it done with brute force and no wasted punches or stray rounds of ammo. He grew up in a well-known theatre thamp family, and though he acted with them as a boy, he never wanted to live and work in a world of illusion. He likes his battles real and his ammo live. When all that stands between him and making it into the next moment is his ability to be the best fighter in the world. And his quote is, I fight until I am the only one left standing. That is what I do. Okay, and he's from Scotland. 
Sounds like <laughs> yeah, he was originally played by Sean right. Connery okay. in the uh, in the little known uh, adaptation there. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at him now. Good figure. In fact, I, I looked at version two first of all with the jacket on. Version two looks good without the jacket. It looks a bit skinny and rubbish. Good figure. And this version this version one's really nice as well. Yeah, it's often the way with the sort of the what you might call the 25th anniversary style figures, where you don't have the O-ring that that they've got lots of accessories and jackets that you can you can put on them and once those are taken off the figure doesn't look nearly as as interesting yeah. but this v1 love that um rpg's got it's got a nice machine gun the color scheme's really faithful to the to the comic appearance yeah. um one grenade there on the front you know i like the flaring of the the overall that he's got on kind of just flares at the hips a little bit to kind of like a mini skirt kind of thing mm-hmm. um it's a really nice figure Nice chunky face, big tash. Yeah, it does. It does look, you know, absolutely um, faithful to to how he uh, how he appeared really in the in the comics. It's a it's a very good interpretation. I think possibly the only criticism you might say is that that as is the way with mo- with most of the O ring figures, they are very much sort of built to a, a standard dimension in terms of height. Yeah. Um, so so potentially. Um, it would have been nicer just to have him be a little bit bigger. Yeah, that's a good shout. I just opened up that picture on um, yojo.com of all the October Garden. He's standing next to Dana and they're the same height. So, so yeah, I think they do a little bit more of that maybe in the 25th anniversary in terms of difference in height. And they certainly do it in the in the classified line. But, you know, it, that that's a, a small... Yeah, he's definitely the best of all those October Guards as well. The other ones look a bit shonky. <laughs> uh, but he looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really He's good. And you had him? I don't think I ever had him. Certainly by the time we got to 2005, um, I wasn't playing with uh, the G.I. No. Joes anymore. So um, I think Peter at one stage did have these figures just in terms of him having everything. Yes. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was past the, the point at which I was actively collecting a huge amount myself. Easily and, easily accessible now to buy one, do you think? Um, I haven't looked, but I suspect I suspect that you know, as is the way with much of these figures, that that's quite hard to to find right. at, at decent prices. You know, the uh, the prices of GI Joe, and particularly the the harder to find in demand figures, will yeah. be uh, you know will be commensurate. Yeah. They will be uh, a little bit uh, more expensive. So okay. Uh, Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I, good I might, stuff. yeah, I might, I might, I might even put an, like do a little eBay search and see if I can find uh, find him for a decent price. But I'm not, I'm not one to to go spending silly money on right. on on these things. Good, anymore. good. More um, toy talk next week. Question: Tell me what you think about TV. Do you buy toys and buy other things? Who's your favourite guy from that movie? What are the UK pedestrian crossings? Question: What did we ask this week? Let's find out as we speak. Now, for listener question, uh, I had completely forgot that we have this segment at the end of the show. So uh, there was speculation that we were going to do another little PVP, but unfortunately, uh, blame the chief. I had not done any research into. Um, writing little notes about characters and who would win in a fight. Uh, but luckily, we got uh, Funky Bunch on the show, and this man is good at coming up with ideas. So what have you got for us? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a few weeks ago, we asked uh, the listeners out on the social medias what um, new features we should we should have. So we've had, uh, we've had Giojo hats, and we've had PvP. And so this third suggestion is from European Joes on Twitter, who suggested strange G.I. Joe merchandise. So um, I've not done a jingle for this at the time of recording. Okay. Will I have one now? 
hundred percent. This man cannot stop. He's the jingle VIP. So there will be a jingle. I got a license for Joe. Joe. And you know I'm gonna make any old crap. Got a license for Joe. Got a license for Joe. Puzzle soap, lunchbox, gift wrap. Got a license for Joe. License for Joe. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going down the, uh, the long song road anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking to the 20 to 25 seconds. You know, G.I. Joe ain't just toys, funny books and tunes. Those guys will license anything. So funky, so nice, G.I. Joe merchandise. Do you need it? Sure you do. It's G.I. Joe branded, fool. What shall we make? We can't decide. Pick some old crap and put Flint's face on the side. On the side. T-shirts, funkers, sticker shampoo, lunchbox soap, jackets, underoos. Yeah, that's right. I said underoos. Badges, brushes, combs and mugs, telephones, tissues and probably hugs. Hot damn. G.I. Joe hugs? Radios, candy, tense tattoos With a G.I. Joe logo they just can't lose Door knocker, doorbell, even doormat They'll probably brand your dog and your cat So funky, so nice It's G.I. Joe merchandise Do you need it? Sure you do It's G.I. Joe branded, fool What shall we make? We can't decide Pick some old crap and put Flint's face on the side It's G.I. Joe merchandise so, so I think this this is a fertile ground for a feature, and the the one that jumped out was was just only in terms of it being timely because there's been a an announcement or some discussion on on Twitter um, around a some you know there, there's a fervor out there for new GI Joe stuff you know there's the the retro line it's sort of you know we're getting releases of only three three or so figures at a time classified we're getting a drip feed again of you know maybe three or four figures you know in a wave it's you know we're not getting seeing the volume so so in between those big announcements we're seeing other little bits of gi joe merchandise dropping through and and getting uh, getting people excited about them and uh, so just announced for 2021 we have gi joe valentine's merchandise we've got gi joe classified 32 valentines with valentine's tattoos and another set which is 24 paper aeroplane valentines what (laughs) (laughs) who knows so in indeed there's 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 clearly there's uh, an audience and a demand for gi joe valentines uh, merchandise you know, I don't know if, if it's something that the that you're rushing out to to get, uh, Chief. Yes, um, pre-order. <laughs> uh, but but it's not without precedent. There there seems to have been a fair amount of official GI Joe Valentine's merchandise. There's um, there was certainly one from 1987 with Crazy Legs front and center on the merchandising for that, and uh, uh, Valentine's cards uh, with with uh, slogans such as GI Joe has been sent on a special mission. To wish you a fantastic Valentine's Day. 
Um, there was Sigma Six um, Valentine's cards back in 2007, and 2010 GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra Valentine's <laughs> as well, all with fairly uh, cringeworthy uh, taglines there. And uh, in in process of doing the the research for this, I saw that Comic Alliance they came up with some slogans for um, for Valent- potential GI Joe Valentine's uh, cards here, which I thought I'd uh, share. So we had, you make me feel like a lady, with a picture of Lady J, uh, <laughs> Tomax and Zamot, you're my better half. <laughs> we had, what about a snow job? <laughs> and uh, I heard I heard you like to give beachhead. <laughs> what about a serpent or uh, themed Valentine's card? I am yours to command. Yes. We had uh, an embrace from uh, Flint and Baroness. Let's be enemies with benefits. And uh, I saw a couple of other ideas from people. Hugs and hisses. And you leave me speechless, which would be... uh, which would be snake eyes to Scarlet, obviously. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, no, I like this segment. I like this segment. I think there's some some legs here. I think we can uh, delve into some more weird and wacky uh, GI Joe stuff next week. I can't guarantee that the uh, sending a loved one a GI Joe Valentine's would would be particularly successful in in the love stakes there, um, but uh, who knows. Yeah, definitely not for my missus. She'd be like, why are you sending me this toy crap? <laughs> I think there might be an audience of one for this, which is probably Chris McLeod. But, um, <laughs> 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 yeah. He's got them all already anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, well, uh, yeah I think uh, I, would be, uh, I, would, I would be in the scrap iron heat if, uh, if I was to attempt to give <laughs> my missus a G.I. Joe Valentine's. Yeah, I might try it, actually. I'm going to do it. We'll do it. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, divorce papers at the ready. So, yeah, another good show. Another good show. Um, we're barreling our way through Snake Hunt and um, more uh, comics, more toys, more uh, general chat, more G.I. Joe merchandise are going to be delved up for you lucky people next week. Um, if you do want to get in touch with the show, you can do it in the usual places. That's talking... Joe, where are we? Talking Joe Comics at Instagram, uh, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com, Talking underscore Joe, I think it is on Twitter, and uh, Talking Joe Comics, a GI Joe podcast on Facebook. Um, I actually sold my um, six inch classified Joe figures. I kept the, some of the Cobra ones, but I sold the uh, Gung Ho, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, and all that lot. Uh, recently on a facebook group last week and Mm -hmm. uh i slipped four of the um talking joe trading cards into the package (laughs) and said to the guy hey come and if you're into the joe joe uh toys come and check out our joe joe podcast so in fact you haven't even got one you need a you need a talking joe trading card Mm. all right i'll get i'll get on it okay Okay, (laughs) yeah draw me like one of your french girls yes (laughs) um (laughs) And um, yeah, sort of spread the word, spread the love. Um, if you're if you're active in some of the uh, Facebook groups and uh, and message boards and whatnot, point people in our direction so they can join in the in the fun. And indeed, if you haven't uh, you haven't been over to Facebook and and, and joined the group yet, uh, please do. That's where a lot of the the discussion is is happening. So. Uh, jump on in yeah jump on in and if you're on if you're listening on iphone on itunes go head on over to the um, rate and review bit give us five stars tell them uh, chief and mark sent you tell them hacker reported um, bumps us <laughs> up the charts uh, we'll get more into more people's oral canals um, but with all that said and done we will catch you down the road because we've been talking joe and we're all out of joe's 
but not out of crazy merchandise because we'll have some more next week. Boom, boom, boom. Right, now we've got to go and write a jingle each, I think. Hello, it's me, Thomas, and I'm back. So, Thomas, why are you back for an extra bonus thing at the end of the episode? Have you been watching Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, that is true. And what did you think about the films? They were all great. (laughs) Even the last one? That ending was a bit of a cliffhanger. What ending? I remember with um, Davy Jones. Oh, the ending to number five had uh, Davy Jones creeping around in uh, Will Turner's bedroom. Um, Maybe we shouldn't have that in this. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Okay, all right. Yeah, spoilers. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So what what is you going to talk about? Uh, The Jack Sparrow. So you want to talk about the Jack Sparrow figure. So that came out at the time of the first film, and they're quite cool. They're they're like uh, three and three quarter inch figures, aren't they? So they're the same size yeah. as the GI Joe figures. I think I own like about three of them. Mm-hmm. Got the uh, pirate ship over at, at Grandma's house as well, so that's cool. Mm. So tell me Wait, about this figure. Wait, I think the ship that we have is the Pearl. Yeah, it's the Black Pearl. Yeah, it's quite a good figure. Yeah. It looks quite a lot like the character. Mm. Like if like even if he if even if you didn't know that he was a pirate mm-hmm. pirate it would uh definitely point at the arrow on your what is he pirate. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, what is is he detective? It would swing all the way to yeah. pirate. Okay. And um Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but you know, he's got he's going to have someone he's going to go up against, and we've got Dave Jones. Fight! Player versus player, combat scores. You win. In one corner, we've got Jack Sparrow, and in the other, we have got Dave Jones. So, how the, how's this battle going to play out? Uh, let's just give them an old sword fight. Okay, I guess there's only one way to find out. Fight! Crab claw, crab claw. Oh. Squid face. Ah! This is a day where you almost caught Captain Jack. Oh. Was Was that as a final killing blow? Well, it didn't kill him because they didn't even destroy the heart yet. All right. Oh, dang. Open chest and... Well, that's that. Just blew it up. Wait, but if you killed Davy Jones, then you're cursed. No, because I just... Because we just destroyed that big pointy fork. Okay, they destroyed the pointy fork, so everything's all right. Okay, and inclusion, who's wins? Jack Sparrow. Okay, that's the end then. Yeah, we're going to end this podcast for today. Savvy? Savvy?